Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us. I have a very interesting postcard today from a dog. This is from Briella Valencourt. Uh, My name is Briella, the postcard says, which means God is my strength. I am about to start my therapy dog training and certification so that uh, uh, I can begin helping my human mom with the hospital and nursing home ministry for our local church, First Baptist Church of East Bay in Riverview, Florida. I listen, this is what Briella the dog says, I listen along as my human mom watches Everyday Truth each morning. I heard what Friendly the Cat wrote, but dogs do not need any fancy dog treats to proclaim Pastor Skelly is the best. So there it is, Uh, Friendly the Cat, if you are watching today, you have some competition because this is Briella the dog. Do you see the picture there? Briella is actually reading the scripture. This is turned to Mark chapter 9. So that's a video or or rather pictorial evidence that Briella does indeed listen to the podcast every day. So cats and dogs and even human beings are tuning in to the Everyday Truth podcast. Appreciate that. Every creature, right? So we're in Mark chapter 12 today. Thanks for sending that in, uh, Briella. Appreciate that. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse number 28 is our place for today. We're in a section of Jesus' ministry, as you know, where Jesus is just being bombarded on all sides by the critics. And we've seen how that has fared for them, not well, as Jesus has answered their questions and demonstrated their hypocrisy. Here we are in verse number 28, Well, the Bible says one of the scribes. So one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him. So here's this guy on the sidelines. He's a scribe. So he's studied the Bible. He really has a heart to know the Bible. He has seen how Jesus has dealt with these various religious leaders. And he has a question. The Bible says here in verse number 28, which is the first commandment of all? Well, what's the primary? What's the greatest? What's the, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? Remember, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were all about the commandments. There were 613 of them. And of course, the Ten Commandments were the big ten. But this guy wants to know what is the most important commandment of all of them. And Jesus, in verse 29, responds to him. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, and then Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, what the Jewish people call the Shema. And here it is, ready? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, And with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. Okay, we're going to stop there for a moment. Now, that would make sense. 
I, I don't suppose that this man would be even surprised by that answer. But what an answer it is, that the the very priority of Christian living, and of course, this isn't even answering the Christian living part of it. This is just a Jew asking a question of a Jewish rabbi. It would make sense that the greatest commandment would be our relationship with God and our heartfelt relationship with him, love him with all our heart, uh, all of our strength, all of our mind, with all of our being really is what that's all about, that our whole being would be in love with and attentive to obey our God. I think that makes sense. But what he says next is probably what shook them. Look at verse number 31 and the second. Now, wait a minute. That was not the question that the man asked. He said, watch the first. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you the first and the second because they are inextricably linked. And the second is like, it's like unto it. What is the second? Namely, this, that that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these, these two, in other words. So on these two hang all the law and the prophets. He said in the parallel passage there in, in Matthew. So these two, love God, love your neighbor. Now, why, why would Jesus have answered that way? It's perplexing because it wasn't the question. The question was, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered the question by giving additional information and saying, it's really two commandments, and these two operate in tandem. They go together. It's because on these two hang all the law and the prophets. If you could obey these two, then you would have, in essence, obeyed all the law. Look at what he goes on to say in verse 20, uh, 32, the, the response to the response. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, uh, well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, to love his neighbor as himself is more than all burnt, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Yeah, that is a greater priority than even the religious responsibilities, the religious ceremonial responsibilities, all the the sacrificial system, all of it. It's more important to have that genuine love for God and others. So this scribe really is, is expressing here some understanding of himself. He is agreeing with uh, the Lord and even uh, buttressing what Jesus has said. Verse number 34, when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst to ask him any questions. Interesting. Interesting that this kind of this spectator on the side, perhaps a younger man, this scribe who had been listening to the interactions of Jesus and the religious leaders now demonstrates real understanding when he hears Jesus answer that the entire law can be encapsulated really by those commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. Now, here's something that is very interesting. 
If you were to look in your spare time at Romans chapter 13, where the Bible says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, isn't it it interesting that the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Romans, said that the entire law can be encapsulated in loving your neighbor? He said nothing about the priority of loving God. He just talked about loving the neighbor. He said it again. I'm going to read it to you in Galatians chapter 5. He said something very, very similar to what he had said in Romans chapter 13. Listen to this. Galatians 5. And uh, the Bible says in verse number 13, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to, to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For, verse number 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now think about it. The apostle Paul in Romans 13 had said the entire law, is fulfilled in loving your neighbor. And then in Galatians 5, he said, the entire law is fulfilled in loving your neighbor. Think about what James said in James chapter 2, when he said, if you fulfill the royal law, the number one law, the, 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 the capstone law, if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. So even James chimed in, in James chapter 2, to say that the royal law was to love your neighbor as yourself. So think about that. How do those verses, Romans 13, Galatians 5, James 2, how do those verses jive with these verses we just studied today? Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. I mean, it, it would seem that they're antithetical. Because on the one hand, Jesus said, number one is to love God. Number two, love your neighbor. But Paul and James said, all the law is fulfilled in simply loving your neighbor. So are they at odds with each other? James and Paul on one side, Jesus on the other? Or somehow are we to understand them saying the same thing and we're just not getting it? Well, that, that, that is the answer. They are saying the same thing. Because here's the point. The point is we love God best when we love our neighbor, okay? Or how about this? We love God by loving our neighbor. John said it this way. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. In other words, you can't love God without loving God through loving your neighbor. Remember that lawyer came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is in Luke chapter 10. Jesus said, well, what do you think? The man said, well, I think you ought to love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus said, you're right. If you could do that, you would live. Do that. Go do that and you'll live. If you could perfectly love God and perfectly love your neighbor, you would be fulfilling all the other multifarious expectations of the law. So do that and you'll live. Well, the man knew that he couldn't do that. So he asked a qualifying question and said, well, who's my neighbor? And remember that gave rise to the story of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus explained and said, listen, uh, loving your neighbor means loving the person with 
need within arm's length of you, even if it's your enemy. Oh, that, that goes well beyond what this man wanted neighbor to mean. The whole point is this, that it's an impossible standard and it shows our great need for the sufficiency of Christ alone because Christ is the only one that perfectly obeyed God and loved him. He was the only one that perfectly served and loved others as himself and died to prove it. See, the point The point is it's in Christ and in the power of God's Holy Spirit that we can honor God and do it God's way and love God by loving others. I think another verse that's really helpful in this regard is the verse that talks about Jesus thanking people for visiting him in prison and thanking people for feeding him and clothing him and giving him water when he was thirsty. And then they shall say, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered? When saw we thee naked? And when saw we thee thirsty or in prison? And remember what Jesus will say unto them. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So we love God best when we serve other people first. So we love God by loving others. And Jesus was teaching this man that the law has a purpose. The purpose of the law is to demonstrate the very motive of the law. And that is that we could be rightly aligned, that's justice, with other people, and rightly aligned with God, that's holiness. And we can love God by loving others. This is not a way to be saved because nobody has ever done this. But this is a reflection of what saved people should live like. And that is the simplicity of living a life, honoring God, loving God by serving and loving other people. Well, I hope that helps today. Uh, We're all out of time. We'll jump right back into verse number 34 next time. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.